Chapter Four of Pee Wee Harris. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Pee Wee Harris by Percy Keys Fitzhugh. Chapter Four. He goes to conquer. Thus it befell that on the second day after the receipt of this letter, Pee Wee Harris was sitting beside Charlie, the chauffeur in the fine sedan car belonging to dr harris advancing against poor helpless evidos he travelled in all the martial splendour of his full scout regalia his duffel-bag stuffed to capacity with his aluminum cooking set and two extra scout suits his diminutive but compact and sturdy little form was decorated with his scout jackknife hanging from his belt his compass dangling from his neck and his belt-axe dragging down his belt in back. A suggestive little dash of the culinary phase of scouting was to be seen in a small saucepan, stuck in his belt like a deadly dagger. Thus, if danger came, he might confront his enemy with a sample of scout cookery, and kill him on the spot. His sleeves were bedecked with merit badges. From the end of his scout staff waved the flaunting emblem of the Raven Patrol, his stalking camera was swung over his shoulder like a knapsack his nickel-plated scout whistle jangled against the saucepan and in his trousers pockets were a magnifying glass three jaw-breakers a chocolate bar a few inches of electric wiring and a rubber balloon in a state of collapse the highway from bridgeboro was a broad smooth road a temptation and a delight to speeders where motorcycle cops lurked in the bushes hardly waiting for cars with new york licenses it was late in the afternoon when they reached baxter city and here they turned into such a good road as charlie vowed he had never seen before scarcely had they gone a mile over rocks and ruts when the dim woods closed in on either side imparting a strange coolness it was almost like going through a leafy tunnel Projecting branches brushed the top of the car and mischievously grazed and tickled their faces. The voices of the birds, clear in the stillness, seemed to complain at this intrusion into their domain. "'I'd like to know how I'm going to get back through this jungle after dark,' Charlie said. "'I wonder what anybody wanted to start a village down here for.' "'Maybe, maybe they did it kind of absent-mindedly,' Pee-wee said. I never started a village, so I don't know. Well, you'll startle one, anyway, Charlie said. I guess the village isn't much bigger than you are. The road took them southward through the valley. They were not far west of the highway, but the low country and the thick woods obscured it from view. They could hear the tooting of auto-horns over that way, and sometimes human voices sounding strange across the intervening solitude. I don't see why they didn't set the village down over at the highway. It's not more than a mile or so, Charlie said. Maybe they were afraid the autos would run over it. Safety first, eh? Nobody'll run over it here, that's one sure thing. Pee-wee took the last bite of a hot frankfurter he had bought at a roadside shack on the highway, and was now more free to talk. Listen, he said, what's that? It was a distant rattling sound which began suddenly and ended suddenly. They both listened. 
there must be a bridge up there along the highway charlie said that's the sound of cars going over it loose planking eh Pee-wee listened to the rattling of the loose planks as another car sped over the unseen structure little dreaming of the part that bridge was destined to play in his young life the commonplace noise of the neglected flooring seemed emphasized by the quiet of the woodland that reminder of human traffic so near and yet so far and out of tune with all the gentler sounds of the valley presented a strange contrast and jarred even pee-wee's stout nerves there goes another charlie said we must be nearer to the highway than i thought they had indeed inscribed a kind of loop and having passed its farthest point from the main road were travelling toward it again and would have emerged upon it just beyond the bridge but for the wood-embowered and sequestered village which was their destination the first sign of this village was a cow standing in the middle of the grass-grown road as if to challenge their approach perhaps she was stationed there as a sort of traffic cop End of chapter 4